Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. This is episode number 10 in our series called Psychology on Vinyl, where we try to understand both the subtle and blatant psychology behind and within famous records. Can you believe we've done 10 of these already? I have more ready to go based on some amazing albums, so stay tuned. This choice I found interesting because it was and very much still is a popular record and has been since the 1980s. The album peaked at number two in the UK and at number one in the US, becoming a multi-platinum seller. All music was quoted as saying that this album, quote, perfectly captured the mid-80s while impossibly managing to also create a dreamy, timeless pop classic. It closes by saying that this record is one of the finest statements of the decade, and I would have to agree. A few tracks are still very much played on heavy rotation on the radio right now, but the overall theme of this album is mostly lost on the casual listener. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to peel back the layers. Our record of choice today is the second studio album by Tears for Fears, and it is the record entitled Songs from the Big Chair. Now, I came very close to doing the album they released before this called The Hurting. It's a lot darker and a very interesting album to dissect on a psychological level. But I personally only fell in love with a little more than half the songs on that record. While this record is a 10 out of 10 for me, both on the artistic, lyrical, and sentimental scales. Tears for Fears was and is still not a boy band or a color by numbers pop band, especially on the hurting. Yes, they looked very 1980s English and MTV ready, wearing overcoats and looking as though stylists may have helped them to find their visual brand. But don't do yourself the disservice of letting that stop you from appreciating their work if that kind of thing puts you off. I personally don't care. And if anything, the image they presented themselves as on the hurting was perfectly appropriate to the music that they made. But on songs from the big chair, after being largely dismissed by many critics as, I guess you could say, you know, another new wave flash in the pan group, just look at the cover. Look at the cover of songs from the big chair. Yes, they were still very 1980s in their presentation, but just look at their faces on the cover of this record. Melody Maker stated in this regard that, quote, none of you should really be too surprised that Tears for Fears have made such an excellent album, calling it an album that fully justifies the rather sneering told you so looks adopted by Kurt Smith and Roland Orzabal on the sleeve. 
before concluding, an awful lot of people will, of course, go on and on about overcoats, and an awful lot of people will have to eat an awful lot of words. Many of the themes of the songs of this band, as well as their name itself, are deeply rooted in psychology. As far as their name, it was not a kind of a, you know, throw obscure words into the air and when they land, you now have a band name. The band's name was actually in, inspired by primal scream therapy developed by the American psychologist Arthur Yanoff. And their first record, The Hurting, covered things in their lyrics like abuse, psychological trauma, and depression. But here's the thing. Their songwriting sensibility is so good that it's still sold and people were often happily singing along, not knowing what the words were actually about. Case in point, the song Pale Shelter on the Hurting is about a kind of a love-hate parental relationship. And the song Mad World, which subsequently has been covered repeatedly and has a life of its own, is often very dark, but again, it's also very catchy. I had the opportunity to interview Kurt Smith from this group, and I asked him if there was a specific song in the Tears for Fears catalog that he felt best represents who they are as a band. He told me that while there's a lot of them, he, he would probably choose Mad World, and I can see why. I mean, listen, Really listen to this and remember that this was a new wave slash pop song released in 1982. The lyrics go in part like this. All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces, bright and early for their daily races, going nowhere, going nowhere. And their tears are filling up their glasses no expression, no expression. Hide my head, I want to drown my sorrow, no tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you because I find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very mad world. This tells me that this band, again, was no joke from the beginning. But on to the follow-up, our subject for this time around, Songs from the Big Chair. Now, the title in itself, when understood correctly, tells the listener a little bit about what they're in for. Songs from the Big Chair was derived from the 1976 television film Sybil about the woman with multiple personality disorder well, in the movie, she only felt safe when she was sitting in her analyst's, quote, big chair. Now, we could spend this episode just tackling that, but let's move on to the songs themselves. Now, the first one, you're still going to hear it on the radio now. But again, it's not the typical territory where pop songs usually reside. It's the song we know as Shout. Uh, Kurt Smith said this about the song. He said, shout concerns protests in as much as it encourages people not to do things without actually questioning them. People act without thinking because that's just the way things go in society. 
So it's a general song about the way the public accepts any old grief which is thrown at them. What I find interesting too, <clears throat> excuse me, is that Shout also contains something that a Tears for Fear song had not contained up to this point, a guitar solo. And it's very, very nice. It's perfectly executed and very melodic. I have another attachment to this overall record as I met and interviewed Chris Hughes as well. Uh, Chris Hughes produced this album and co-wrote some of the songs with the band. Uh, he also was a part of Adam and the Ants earlier in his career. Uh, Chris told me that when he was working on Shout and heard the drum programming along with the chorus that he knew this was going to be big. This was going to be a very special album. And I agree. The next song in my book is one of the hidden gems of the 1980s. The song is called The Working Hour, which almost was the name of this record at one point. The Working Hour is a glorious piece of music. The lyrics cover being frustrated with being told your lot in life as though we don't have a choice. If we are still following the overall theme of these songs coming from a therapist's chair, it makes perfect sense. But seriously, though, if you have never heard this song, grab it and put it on a playlist immediately. It's beautiful. The third song is another one that became a radio staple that, again, I know you've heard and might know at least partially by heart. The song is called Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Now, this is another example of happy music, heavy lyrics. It's essentially about everybody wanting power, about warfare and the misery that it causes. Think about the oddness of the fact that a song with this message still is in heavy rotation now, and it only substantiates how good the music and melody is and that it stands up well. The next song, again, covers the subject of kind of parentally confused relationships, and it also borrows from the anti nuclear cartoon book when the wind blows by raymond briggs the song is called mother's talk and again if you're looking for pop music love 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 lyrics it's another example of how you're not going to find them um, my favorite lyrical passage here on this song goes like this following the footsteps of a funeral pyre you were paid not to listen and now your house is on fire isn't that great Let's move on to side two. Side two starts with the beautifully loungy and atmospheric song, I Believe. I love this song. This can be read in so many ways on so many psychological levels, but this is what I hear. I hear hurt. It's like he knows he's hurt, but can't totally explain why. Again, some lyrical gems here. Listen to this. I believe that when the hurting and the pain has gone, we will be strong. And I believe that if I'm crying while I write these words, is it absurd or am I being real? I believe that if you knew just what these tears were for, they would just pour, like every drop of rain. And I believe no, I can't believe that every time you hear a newborn scream, you just can't see the shaping of a life. That's why I believe 
it is too late for anyone to believe. Again, the big chair is a therapist's chair, and we are listening to someone sitting in it trying to figure it all out. Another radio hit comes on this album, which I feel is extremely well-deserved. That's the one that we're going to cover next. The song is Head Over Heels. I think that the working hour and head over heels are kind of tied for my favorite song on this record. They're both so good. Head over heels is very much a love song, but it, it still very much comes from the big chair. He's in love, but as pessimistic as he's almost certain it won't work because it never works and things are too crazy in his life and always has been for it or anything else to work. But then, at the end, we get a mixed message. The lyrics sing out, and it's my four-leaf clover. I'm on the line, one open mind. This is my four-leaf clover. In other words, even though it's never worked out before, he's still going to take a chance on this love. But then the song closes with this. In my mind's eye, one little boy, one little man, funny how time flies. So did it work out or not? Now the music video implies that it did, but if you're just listening to the song itself, it leaves it wide open, which is pretty introspective and interesting. The last song on the record is called Listen. Now, to get the sentiment here, you absolutely have to listen beyond the small number of words and realize that it's using imagery straight from the big chair. First off, here are the words. Mother Russia badly burned. Your children lick your wounds. Pilgrim father sailed away, found a brave new world. This song is not about politics. When you analyze it, it appears more to be about a broken family and it's using politics as an analogy. It's interesting, this closes the album and we literally hear a large crashing oceanic splash and the album is over. Now, my big point regarding this record is this because there's radio hits on it, don't dismiss it. This album is not to be thrown onto a, hey dude, awesome radical 80s collection. It's far more than that. It acts as both therapy for the artist as well as being therapeutic for the listener. Now make no mistake, artists made this record. Radio caught on and that's great. But these musicians and lyrics are not watered down on any level, nor are any of these songs pandering for teenage affection, though they probably will get it. <laughs> I can say that they'll get it as I personally was 13 years old when this was released and I got it. But the songs resonate almost 40 years later with the same me. And that is the best testimony that I can give as to this record being a substantial work. Let's close here. If this band and their songs never got in the big chair, the symbolic therapy chair, and didn't share 
we would not have this wonderful music. Let's learn from that. Let's not let the universe miss out on what we, you and I, also potentially bring to the table by keeping the pain inside and trying to deal with it on our own. We may have a multi-platinum album in us too, or at the very least, and even better than that, by facing our demons and getting better, we will have the opportunity to potentially help someone else, which is something definitely worth shouting about. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist. And for this Psychology on Vinyl series, the subject matter is the playlist itself. So we have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair. So here's the order. We're going to break them up side one and side two as it was originally intended. Side number one, shout, followed by the working hour. This is followed by everybody wants to rule the world, and then mothers talk. Side two starts with I believe. Then it moves on to broken, and then head over heels, which turns into broken live. And the final song is listen. Well, that is our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair. We would like to welcome some new listeners to the show. We got some great, great reports this time around. Uh, let me just put it out there. It's amazing to me that this is happening but I just want to recognize each and every one of you for listening and just tell you thank you. We now have listeners in Bavaria, Germany, in Flevoland, Netherlands, which is considered the largest man-made island in the world. And we just got a huge spike of new listeners in the central district of Israel. Welcome to Refresher. Thank you so much for listening. All this show simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends, that would be great. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you could make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If that's something you'd like to do and you're in a position to do, that would be great. But whether you do or whether you don't, this show is yours. Feel free to listen and enjoy anytime. And to those who are contributing, thank you so much. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, though, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.